It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. Welcome to episode 14 of Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Yay. 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 How about that? Let me introduce the cast of players today because it seems like every week it changes around here. How you doing, P. Jug? Yeah, P. Jug here. Doing great. And that's good. She was absent last week. She was covering the whole Bill Cosby thing. But she's back now, and that's good. Uh, did you get to speak to Mr. Cosby? I did not. He did not ask you to go out for drinks, did he? Uh, no. And then also we have Hobbs. Hey, Hobbs, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Pretty good. Now, uh, she lives in St. Paul, yep. and we hear sirens all the time uh, because there's bad stuff that goes on in our capital city. What are they arresting people for? I mean, what's going on in downtown St. Paul? Well, I'm not really checking in like that, although I do have a police <laughs> scanner, which is kind of fun to listen to sometimes in the background. You're like, oh, what's that? But most of the time, it seems like it's the fire department more than it actually is the police officers. And I think they're responding to a lot of medical stuff. Um, there's a lot of you know housing density, a lot of condos and things like that down here. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're not arresting people. Although I did see two people get into a domestic fight uh, on the street earlier today. But I was about to like call, but the woman really looked like she had it handled. Like she <laughs> dropped into an athletic stance and was like, come at me, give it a shot. And he <laughs> backed up. Check out the new website and you'll be able to get this broadcast. And then all of the others are a bunch of them anyway. Moon, P Jug, and Hobbs.com. P Jug, P J U G G, Hobbs, H O B B S. Moon, P Jug, and Hobbs.com. And uh, welcome to Dr. Randy Shapiro. Hi, Randy. Hey, nice hey, to be here. Yay, Randy Shapiro, Dr. Randy Shapiro. Thank you. It's nice to be here from Peoria, Arizona, where it's now 102 degrees, and that's the cool part of the day. <laughs> okay, so since you've lived in uh, the Phoenix metropolitan area, what was the hottest day since you've been there? Uh, about 120 something. That un well, that's unusual, but it happens a few times during the summer here. But I want everybody to know I'm a Minnesotan, don't you know? Born and raised mm -hmm. in the, the Twin Cities area, and that's where I lived and grew up and practiced, and so I a gopher through and through. What do you miss the most, Dr. Randy, about living in Minnesota? The people. <laughs> yeah. The people. There's no question. It's the people. Although we have great people here in Arizona where we live, they come from all over. They're not Arizonans, really. They're from Chicago and Washington right. and what have you. But, but you know, when you, you establish a community, you love that community. And I miss the people. I don't miss the winters. Oh, no. yeah, I miss freezing. Right. There's nothing worse than coming out of a gopher basketball game and hitting that air. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can tell you a story once about me uh, coming to Phoenix. I had a buddy that ran all the food concessions for the AGA golf courses around the country. And in Phoenix, there's like 20 of them. Okay. So he would invite me out because he was the food and beverage dude. I got to play free at any of the golf courses there. And there's some really fine courses there. And I wanted to leave Minnesota in December and go play some golf. So I booked a flight and off I went and I had booked my flight. Uh, it was going to, you know, be kind of close for me to get back to the radio station and go on the air at two o'clock. We went to play golf and we uh, shot 36 holes. Well, guess what? Weather delays. It never rains in Phoenix. It was pouring, right? Like one of those big time rains and the stupid flight was going to be late. I thinking since my flight would be so close to on air time, recorded a whole bunch of stuff as Santa Claus. And then I told the producer of the show that, hey, if I'm a couple of minutes late, have Santa come on and do a shtick for a couple of, you know, five or 10 minutes. I don't know how many breaks I did with it. My boss heard Santa Claus on and he thought it was funny. So he comes down to the studio to, you know, say he was liking what we were doing. And I wasn't there. He's like, Ugh. He's like, where's Moon at? He goes, well, uh, he's running a little bit late. And uh, so he had recorded some stuff and my boss hit the roof. Okay. He was so angry at me. 
he actually uh, suspended me for a week without pay. Oh, I remember my that. Goodness. Oh, yeah. We had some issues every once in a while. Not that many <laughs> in those 17 years I'd messed around on KS95. But uh, now, Randy, you practiced medicine here for how many years? Oh, about 40 or so, a little over 40, maybe. Didn't you do a thing called Ask Dr. Randy? We did. We did a thing called Wednesdays with Randy, and we took all oh. the questions and things that could be. It was a live thing. We did it every week, and it was open to the public, and it was all about multiple sclerosis, as you know. If you haven't heard, Randy, you know, has a clinic named after him. It's the Shapiro Center for MS. Uh, a lot of the questions I know I have are medically driven. Leukocytes in your urine. What is that? Well, leukocytes are simply white blood cells, and everybody has white blood cells. Without them, we can't live. And if those white blood cells go crazy, we call that a leukemia, so that, that's not a good thing. We like those white blood cells to be strong, and we like them to fight infections. That's what they basically do. They're part of our immune system. And so we see them when we see some infection or see some irritation. So if there's some infection or irritation in the urine, we'll see leukocytes. But the presence of leukocytes by themselves in a few numbers is not anything that we get to. We doubt about. That's just what happens when you, when you have urinary problems, which we all do from time to time, particularly in MS. The bladder is very irritable in MS, and so we often will see leukocytes. It's not that they're so bad to see. It's when they're in large numbers because you have an infection and then we have to treat them. Okay, and the reason that I ask you that question <laughs> is right now I have a bet on my urinalysis. <laughs> Honest to God, okay? You'll bet uh, on anything. So, okay, what, are the, what, what are the odds in Vegas on your urinalysis now? <laughs> well, what, what happened as uh, Randy, you know, was talking about bladder-related issues and MS. I have MS and bladder-related issues. The other night, oh, my God, we had a perfect 4th of July. And then when I went to get into bed, uh, I'll be kind of graphic here. I ended up uh, somehow yanking my catheter out of Ooh. my penis. It hurt like crazy. I was going to play the audio because I have security cams around the house. I have me screaming for P-Jug to call 911. And you know, I heard this in Arizona. You <laughs> <laughs> did. It was screaming. It came right through the house. If there weren't so many sirens in St. Paul, I probably would have heard it. <laughs> so then yeah. today I have to go to the urology office and I have to leave them a specimen. And then I got the, the urinalysis results back. And uh, it, it showed that there's blood in the urine. Further down in the testing, uh, I see uh, moderate leukocytes. And then I have a nurse that takes care of me and we gamble on everything. So now we're gambling on our urinalysis. And I said that I do not have a UTI. She said, I do. Uh, you're the doctor. What's the odds I'm going to win the bet? I think she may win the bet, but that doesn't make it <laughs> important. How long do you have to go to school to learn all this stuff? I mean, a hell of a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to school where and, uh, you know. So I went to Breck School for 12 years. That was uh, you know, elementary and high school. Graduated from Breck. When Breck was in Minneapolis, I was there when it was in St. Paul. It moved to Minneapolis and now it's in Golden Valley. And then I went to Occidental College in Los Angeles for four years and got a bachelor's degree in biology and then went to the University of Minnesota for four years to the University of Minnesota Medical School and got my MD and then went back to Los Angeles to the UCLA and spent three years learning about internal medicine and then went back to the University of Minnesota and spent three years learning about neurology and wow. then, I, then I was ready to be, join the faculty at the University of Minnesota which I then did uh, for two years, and then went into private practice and, and started getting more and more involved as I went with multiple sclerosis. So as a neurologist, uh, you know, a lot of it is based around the brain, of course. And what does a human brain look like? Because you've seen one. I turned off my phone, but not my watch. How do you like that? Um, <laughs> yeah. The brain looks like a bowl of jello. You, ever, you know, a bowl of jello. That's what it looks like in the head. And it's just like that. It jiggles around in the head and it's got lots of grooves and creases. 
uh, and you've all seen pictures of brains, but most people don't realize how, how gelatinous it really is and how it moves around, about inside the head. And you know, you, you remember Muhammad Ali, of course, and Muhammad Ali suffered from what they call Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. But there are many, many different forms of Parkinson's disease, and one of the forms is called pugilistic Parkinson's disease. And we don't really know all of the causes of Parkinson's. There are many different causes. But one of my theories of, of Muhammad Ali was that his, he, you know, he never got hit. He was so fast. That head, when you watched him box, moved so fast that the brain inside couldn't keep up with it. And it would move faster than, he, he, as he moved his head, the brain would shift back and forth. And there are little penetrating blood vessels that penetrate throughout the whole brain. And they would get sheared when you move the head like that. Same thing happens in pro football players, by the way, as, as well. Like with CTE. With CTE, exactly. You can get damage in parts of the brain. And when you do, you get different kinds of things happen. CTE, Parkinson's, things like that. And I, I suspect that that's what happened. But that's not what happens in MS. I actually was in Spain when Muhammad Ali got to shoot an arrow over the top of the Olympic flame and start the games. Yes, that was It something. was very, very cool. And I think the only time I move my head that fast is when I see a buffet on a cruise line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, a lot of times when you're on a flight, something <laughs> may happen where they say, is, is there a doctor on, on board? Has you, have you ever had that happen, like well, some I, random place? Surprisingly, I've had that happen many times. And it's always anxiety producing when it happens. They always say, is there a doctor? And you push your button and you hope that you're not the doctor that they want. But uh, <laughs> and so I, I was on a flight to Prague and it was actually from Minneapolis to um, Amsterdam to Prague. And on the way from Minneapolis to Amsterdam was there, is there a doctor on the plane? And I pushed my button and the cabin attendant came to me and said, what kind of a doctor are you? And I said, I'm a neurologist. He said, oh, well, we don't need you. And I said, that's, that's fine. That, that's fine. And then about 10 minutes later, she came back and said, you're the neurologist, right? I said, yes, we, we need you back here. So, so I get up and I go back to the hold. And there in the back of the hold is a woman lying down. And there's a, a surgeon, turned out to be a surgeon, standing over her barking all kinds of orders, but not knowing anything about what he was doing because he's a surgeon. You know, this isn't surgical. He, he was ready to operate, but there was nothing to operate on. <laughs> Give me the little liquor bottles really quick. We're going to sanitize them stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I said, do you have a blood pressure cuff? And so they got me a blood pressure cuff and we looked at her and, and it turned out that I, after I looked at her, she was over-breathing. She was hyperventilating and she had passed out. And so I said, get me a paper bag. And then the surgeon in the meantime moved back and you, he disappeared into the the crowd of onlookers and gave her the paper bag and she came to and she started to get better. And I said, okay, that's good. And I went back to my seat as the surgeon came forward and started bark barking more orders. So I came back to my seat and about five minutes later, the cabin attendant came to me and said, thank you. Thank you so much. You are so wonderful. Here are two of our finest bottles of wine. We want you to take them. You're going to enjoy them. Thank you so much. And I took the two nice. bottles of wine, took the two bottles of wine, got out of the plane in Amsterdam, to get on the plane in Prague, and as I'm going through the inspection, they said, you can't take bottles of wine oh. onto the plane. And in 10 minutes, two of the bottles of wine, best bottles of wine, were gone. Absolutely gone. I had them for 10 minutes. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. That's no, absolutely. absolutely. They should give those back to you. That was... <laughs> That was that was the charge for the out of network service. <laughs> That's right. But they, I'm sure I'm sure they enjoyed the bottles of wine at the sure. TSA there. I'm sure probably. They did. <laughs> PJ, didn't you have a couple of questions? I remember vaguely about the party that you went to, Doctor Randy, at Moon's house. That crazy uh, birthday party where you took all of his underwear and strung them somewhere. His bedroom was something to be seen, by the way. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> why don't you say a little bit about the parrots in your bedroom flying all over? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. I've seen him 36 times, met him I don't know how many times. Been I actually got to hang out with him a couple, two or three times. I had uh, a divorce and a brand new house, and I could decorate in any way, shape, or form that I wanted to. I didn't have to listen to, you know, what my wife's input was. So I decided it's so cold in Minnesota. Jimmy Buffett's all about the beach. Why don't I turn my master bedroom into a beach? So I hired an artist, not a painter, and she was actually in my bedroom for about three weeks. 
And then I bought a hurricane shutter and used it as my headboard for my bed. I had tiki furniture uh, like you'd find in a tiki hut. I had Jimmy Buffett lyrics painted through the clouds, carved into the palm trees. I had parrots everywhere. I mean, it was quite a sight to see. Later, I rented that house uh, when I bought the one that we're in now. And in my lease to the renters, it was not allowed to paint my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> and so people would show up to see this house, whether wow. they wanted to rent it or not. And a lot of people thought, God, what kind of a freak would do this? But nobody painted it. Everybody left it as a beach until one guy said, I'll rent it for three years, cash up front. I said, you can paint all you want. <laughs> so that was kind of the end of that. Well, I hope Pete Chuck has some control over the decorating in your new house. Oh, <laughs> because we put underwear everywhere in that bedroom. And I don't remember all the details, but it was fun. What happened was uh, Mr. Shapiro's wife, Kathy, who are very, very close with P-Jug, while Randy and I were out of the fire pit having a stogie, uh, his wife went in and took all the underwear out of my drawer, along with someone I worked with at the radio station. And then after the party uh, ends and everybody leaves, it was a pig roast. We had like 125 people. Uh, I get up to take a shower the next morning. I've got no underwear. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what happened to all my underwear? So I have to go to Target Commando. Right. And then I get some underwear. I drive to work, and when I get to work, uh, the person that had helped Kathy Shapiro steal my underwear had taken thumbtacks, and they posted them all over at the radio station. Okay, oh. and, you know there was not a lot of there was not of a lot of elastic left in some of those underwear. Oh, ew. <laughs> you know, oh god. And now, wouldn't that be an HR issue? God, you yeah. think so? <laughs> I hope the underwear were clean. That's the whole thing. If they weren't clean, it would be more than an HR issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you had the hazmat guys come in. Oh my god! <laughs> Hardest thing about being a doctor. Oh, there are lots of hard things about being a doctor, and they got harder as I, as, as the years went by. I think, uh, you know, uh, several. But, uh, you know, when I started practicing medicine, it was clearly a profession. It was a, it was a professional thing. And as time went by, it, it became more of a business because business decided that they needed to take it, take care, take it over and, and, and control it. And when, business, when it became a business, then uh, you have – uh, issues because as a professional, you want to help everybody. As a business, only certain people were eligible, and you had to have prior authorizations, and certain medications were too expensive, and 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 you had to argue with insurance companies about days and days and days, and that's what really drove me nuts is arguing with insurance companies, and then hospital administrators. In the early days of my practice, they were our friends. They were, we worked together to put things to make things better, but in the end, they were profit-oriented people who just cared about driving the, the bottom line. And so we're arguing with hospital administrators, you're arguing with insurance companies and, you're, and, and the patients suffer because of that. And that's the hardest thing as far as I'm concerned. And let me tell you why I picked Randy Shapiro to be my doctor, okay? I was diagnosed in, um, let's see, what was that? 2005, uh -huh. after having triple vision in one of my eyes, uh, I went uh, down to Houston, Texas to have a second opinion about whether or not I had MS because I thought the people in Minnesota were stupid. And uh, <laughs> guess what? When I got to Texas, they're like, well, the guys in Minnesota aren't so stupid. So I flew back to the Mayo Clinic. I had an appointment with one of their head guys there. I very much disliked the man. And uh, <laughs> I, I drive back to Minneapolis. I start looking around, calling people. Uh, who could you recommend uh, you know, for a doctor? Randy Shapiro's name kept coming up. So I called his clinic and they, you had a two year wait. Did you know that? Yeah, unfortunately, I knew that. <laughs> it was two years. Well, I don't know if you had a patient die or what happened. But anyway, long story short, an opening became available. And the night right before my visit and meeting Dr. Shapiro, you were on Larry King on CNN and you were on with a bunch of celebrities that had MS. Do you remember, uh, was it Clay Walker was one of them? Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, well, Meredith Vieira was running the show at the time. And Meredith, as you know, her husband has multiple sclerosis. Richard, so she, she, uh, Richard Cohen. 
And yeah. so, he, so he was there, and there was a country western singer, Tamaya Hill, uh, who was also on the show. Yeah. yeah, I remember that very clearly. And then when I go to the office the next day to meet Dr. Shapiro, I said, "Oh my God, I saw you on Larry King CNN last night, and I have one question." And and he goes, "What's that?" And I said, "Did they have like a makeup artist for you? Because you look like shit." <laughs> the reason I asked that was because the guy I dealt with at Mayo was so close to the vest. I knew that he wasn't going to take my personality type very well. And wow. I needed a doctor that would kind of give me some leeway to be me. And Dr. Shapiro said, well, thank you very much. And you're going to pay for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you took care of me for God, I don't know how many years. And it's been, it's just been a great relationship. Uh, you know, uh, we ended up, uh, you know, becoming such dear friends after, absolutely. you know, after you moved and stuff, we came out and stayed with you in Colorado and Arizona and all over the place. Uh, I also wanted to ask you this. You remember in the old movies where they would have doctors that had a little black satchel and they would do house calls. Have you ever had to do something like that? Well, I, I didn't have a lot of house calls in my day of practicing, but now that I'm retired and in a retirement community, and there are very few doctors here, I, it seems like I'm doing a house call every week to see what's going on. Even today, even today I did one. So, you know, it, it, uh, uh, but when I was practicing, I didn't have to do them very often as a neurologist. That's, 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 it's just as well. Nobody wanted to be in their house. Yeah, I would imagine that would be a weird one when the neurologist just drops by. Yeah, you don't have a table. When you're in trouble, you don't typically call the neurologist. Although I had a patient that that uh, at three in the morning, periodically, about about every month or six weeks, would call me because she was stuck on the pot and couldn't get off. And, and I guess she didn't know anybody else to call. So she'd call me at three in the morning. I'd get the answering service of the call. They have to call so-and-so. I'd call so-and-so. I'm on the toilet and I can't get off. What can I do? I, I, so I gave her Moon's number and see, he, knows how, he knows how to take care of it. But I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was going to yeah. ask you if it really was Moon and you were just protecting him by no. saying it was a woman. It could have been, but it wasn't. <laughs> I wanted to ask you too about clinical trials, yeah, especially after the whole COVID vaccine, right? Because uh, that thing had to get rushed through really, really fast. In my understanding, uh, co uh, clinical trials start with like 30 patients or a low number. Then it jumps up for phase two and phase three. Does that make sense? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Of course, it makes sense that they do clinical trials. But let me give you the scoop on that. But, you know, everybody should understand that Moon sent me a bunch of questions that he was going to ask. And I'm kind of used to the media Giving, asking me questions. I used to be do the newscasts a fair amount when I was in Minneapolis, and there was a doctor. Uh -huh. We're going to speak out of out of sorts here, but there was a doctor in Minneapolis who did Michael Breen, who was the the, the news guy. Uh, yeah. I think on KSTP, I think. Uh -huh. uh, and Michael Breen, uh, the, he he would he was not liked by most of the doctors in the community because he would come in and say, "Well, I'm going to ask you A, B, and C." And then the lights would go on, the camera would go on, and he'd say, D, E, and F. <laughs> and the doctors would be stuck. And, but I enjoyed him a lot. I enjoyed that thing. So this is a question that Moon didn't send me. You know, he sent me a few questions. This is out of, out of, out of left field. But, but, but it's an important question. You know, when we come up with an idea for a treatment, the first thing that we have to understand is that it has to be safe. We let's take the vaccine vaccinations. We we don't want to give somebody a bunch of vaccinations, especially well people, and then they, they not be safe. And so the first thing we do is a safety trial, and that's called a phase one trial. We take a usually it's healthy volunteers that and we give them the medicine in a small dose, and then it's maybe a slightly larger dose to make sure that there are no toward that there are no untoward side effects that occur. That's called a phase one trial. And then we, so that after we determine that it's pretty safe, we have to determine what's the right dose. Yeah, and when you, so we do a phase two trial. It's usually a dose finding trial. We take a little bit bigger population of people and we try a few different doses to see what's the effective dose to get what we need to have happen. And we're getting safety data all along. 
after we get the right dose in our mind, then we do a big phase three trial. And this is the randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial where we get people who don't know whether they're getting real things or the placebo or the drug. The doctor who's administering doesn't know whether it's the real thing or the drug. They're both blinded. We keep data. A third party keeps the data. It has to be fairly large. We keep safety data. And then when it passes that phase three trial, then the FDA can rule on it and say, yes, this is a drug that will work because the study shows it works and it's safe to try, but it may not be safe. So we have to continue to do trials after it's out. And those are called phase four trials. Those are safety trials. And that's what we do. And that's what was done with the COVID vaccines. And that's how we know that they're safe and effective. And the phase four trials continue. And you actually did research for drugs. I sure did. I did a lot of that over the years. Mm-hmm. So that's where the biology came in handy? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where it all came in handy. You know, I don't, if, if I were a history major, it would have been all right. I could have still done it. I just got an email. By the way, you can email this show too. Moon P. Jug Hobbs. This time there's no Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. It's just Moon P. Jug Hobbs at gmail.com. And here is... Uh, a question from Lisa. Hi, Moon. Miss you on KS95. Glad you're doing the podcast. My question for Dr. Randy is about the MS hug. Have you heard of it? I've only heard a little bit about it. Uh, this woman said if she's sleeping for more than six hours horizontally, she wakes up. She doesn't feel good. Uh, these MS hugs, are they're kind of weird because I had them. Yeah, MS hug is, is, is a term that's used to describe a feeling of of being basically hugged in the body, in the abdomen, in the chest. You know, MS has a lot of symptoms, and among the most common ones are numbness, tingling, blurred vision, dizzy, sensory symptoms, symptoms that you feel that I can't see. And MS hug is one of those symptoms that's gotten a bit of a bad rap. Over the years, there's been some stories about it saying, well, this is when you feel the MS hug, that's going to take away your breathing and you're not going to make it through it. And, and, and in my experience, it's just another sensory symptom that comes and it goes. And I usually don't get too excited about it. it it's an indication that the spinal cord is involved in MS, but we already know that because that MS is a disease of the spinal cord and the brain, of course. And so the MS hug is a common sensory symptom. I was going to ask you, too, uh, because you're such a Minnesota sports fan, did you mm. hear that Eric Perkins is leaving CARE 11? You know, I, I, I read the Minneapolis paper, I should say the newspaper of the Twin Cities, every day. And, yeah, I realized, what, but I didn't say where he was going. No, uh, he said he wanted a new challenge. Usually so, that means you've been fired. <laughs> well, I suspect the new challenge is a, pod, is a podcast, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known Eric for a long, long time. I used to live in Las Vegas and I was so dirt bag cheap and broke. I lived with a couple of other guys while I was working at a radio station out there. And Eric Perkins, best friend, was one of my roommates. That's how I got to know him. So uh, Perk's been a good guy. And I think he's done a good job on the sports, too. Uh, and speaking of sports, uh, because, Randy, you're kind of a hardcore all sports. Did you see where Bruce Springsteen's daughter uh, is now going to go to the Olympics. I, I think it's an equestrian event. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, I suspect Bruce Springsteen's daughter's just horsing around. I don't think that is probably <laughs> okay. uh, too much import. I mean, <laughs> a doctor with dad jokes. I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, when we talked about my coming on the podcast, and he said, Moon said, do you want to talk about anything? I said, I wanted to talk a bit about Jimmy Huga. And he said to me, who is Jimmy Huga? Peter, do you know who Jimmy Huga is? I don't. I'm sorry. Hobbs, do you know who Jimmy Huga is? I, I don't. Jeez, you know, Jimmy Huga was the first American ever to win a medal in downhill skiing in the Olympics. Okay. And that was in, okay. 19, in 1964 in Innsbruck. Mm-hmm. You all know who Billy Kidd is, right? Oh, yeah. Skier. Yeah. Or, well, Hobbs looks like she doesn't know who Billy Kidd is. <laughs> He's, he was I a bandit. He, he, he was a bandit. No, now, Billy Kidd became very famous uh, Olympian skier, and, and, and everybody knows. The reason you know, nobody heard of Jimmy was he got multiple sclerosis. Oh, and, oh, okay. and, and, and the reason I like to talk about him is because uh, Jimmy and Moon have a lot in common. Uh, it, 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 Jimmy has passed away years ago. He's older than 
Moon is in by a good chair. Uh, Thank God. Actually, actually, Jimmy was my age. Jimmy, uh, back in that era, back in the 70s, was told to go home and rest, and he didn't like that idea. And so he, he started to exercise, and he got better. And then he thought exercise was the answer to multiple sclerosis, and it, 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 it's partially an answer, but it's not the answer. But he went around the country telling everybody that it is the answer, and I began to hate him. I thought he was an idiot, and, and uh, but I never met him. And then he got money from the ski industry, and he started an organization out in Colorado in the Vail area called the Jimmy Huga Center. And, and it was a wellness center for people with MS, and he, he was putting it together. And the National MS Society asked if I would go out and look at it and see what the validity of it was, not as a surprise, but as an invited guest. And I went out there expecting to find all know-it-alls that didn't really understand MS. And what I found were people who cared that didn't understand anything about MS. And so uh, they knew exercise, they didn't understand MS. And so I understood MS and didn't understand exercise. So we all got together and that center is still in existence. It's called Can Do MS and it's a wellness center for people with MS and it puts on programs around the country uh, about how to live with multiple sclerosis. And the reason I, I want to bring it up is that Jimmy had this can-do attitude. And as time went on, his MS got worse, unfortunately, and, and, and eventually it, it took him. But he kept on functioning no matter what the hell happened. He, just, he was just, he kept on doing it. And Moon has that same kind of attitude as well. And that's the attitude that I'd like to instill in everybody who, have chronic, who has a chronic disease. I don't care whether it's MS, lupus, or whatever, Parkinson's, whatever it happens to be, is that, that there's things that can be done. You just keep doing it and you develop uh, approaches to them. And, and so P-Jug lost her, her job, I understand, in terms of the jug uh, with that catheter. Uh, but that's part of the process, you see. You just can do. You keep on doing, no matter what the, the issue is. We were going to change the name of the podcast to Moon P-Bag and Hobbs, but that didn't <laughs> I was known around the country for frozen peas, but I don't think we'll talk about that. <laughs> Hey, are you ever coming back for the Minnesota State Fair because they announced the lineup there today? Well, someday I hope to come back. It was one of my favorite things, but not this year. I don't think we'll be back. I didn't what, do the lineup. What's your favorite thing to eat at the fair? Well, I had a regimen. You know, you go to the fair first and, and, and you got to get those those onion rings, you know, those uh, deep fried onion rings and you have to have the French fries and, and you have to, I end up with a pronto pup, you know, and it, 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 I had a regimen. I stopped off eating before I did anything else. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So did you have the onion blossom or were they onion rings? No, they were the, well, they didn't really look like onion rings. They're kind of glop together, but they weren't a blossom by any means. They okay. were, they, they were they're, 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 and I'm sure they're still there. Right? That's yeah, the first, the first stop. That's the first stop because you have to have room for them. You can't, yeah. they can't eat them last. There's no room. And don't go for a cholesterol check the next day. Yeah. Okay. That, would, that would be a disaster. Yeah. I love that you're. I love that you're eating the same kind of stuff I would eat. I love yeah. that. You know, that's, I, that's what the fair is about. Yep. Deep fried yeah. whatever. Here's the lineup: Miranda Lambert, night mm. number one. Mm. That'll be a good show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she talks see. about Blake. It'll be a particularly good show. Uh, right. <laughs> he just got married too. I knew he did again, uh, and they, they got married in Oklahoma. I thought that was uh, that's where Blake's from. That's not going to last, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Between those two, no way. They're both yeah. kind of vain, aren't they? I don't know. Maybe it's what's, what's What's the Vegas odds? Yeah, the better than moons? <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Let's bet on that and your urology results. <laughs> make some cash. All these other kids are just short in AMC stocks. <laughs> Marin Morris will be there. Oh, cool. TLC with Shaggy. Special guest Bone Thugs and Harmony. I always love oh. that name. Uh, let's see. Also, the Spinners, Doobie Brothers, Tim McGraw, Chainsmokers, George Thorogood. So it looks like there's some pretty good acts coming. How many uh, State Fair shows have you seen, Randy? Which was your favorite? Oh, I, I've seen a lot of shows. I don't know if I can remember one off the top of my head. Uh, you know, when you're when you're eating all those onion rings, you can't remember anything <laughs> after, after that. <laughs> it affects your neurology. Is that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> I, I don't know if I can come up with a favorite show. For me, uh, I bought an entire row for Weird Al Yankovic. And I took my kids. I got them out of school. I took them to the radio station. I, I had them meet Weird Al. He allowed us to cut some of his hair. 
You know, he's got crazy curly hair. We cut part of his hair off and uh, auctioned it off for uh, KS95 really? for kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. You're just like showing up and backstage with scissors. May I have your hair? That's a little strange. Okay, there was an auction. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I I bought a whole row for that. P Jug and I went to Leonard Skinner, who opened for Kid Rock. Fun. And the very first thing that happened was somebody spilled a beer on P Jug. You remember that? They were hammered right behind us. Then I had no idea what to expect with Kid Rock uh, from Detroit, Michigan. But I can say this. I have seen hundreds of concerts. I don't know of only a couple that were as, I guess, a display of talent like this guy has. He's amazing. Plays the drums, plays the piano, plays the guitar. He raps. He does country. He does blues. Uh, He also Uh holds the record, from what I understand, for F-bombs in one performance. Because, man, did he drop right and left. And then we went to Tim McGraw. We seen Toby Keith. And, you know, the grandstand at the Minnesota State Fair, the seating is good. It's a pretty good place to see a show. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, not bad. Do- Dr. Randy and I went to Keith Urban together. That was fun. He is something else. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the best guitar players mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my whole life. And I've seen a whole bunch of people like that. His wife is kind of good, too, huh? Oh, yeah, she's decent. Hobbs, you've been to a bunch of shows. What which one did you like? I will say this. This is this this will be my answer. It was not my favorite concert when I was at it, but now um, as an adult, I'm super glad I was there because I later on became such a huge fan of his. But I saw John Denver. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, and he passed not that long after that. His song Annie's song was in oh, my God. first wedding. I'll ball every time I hear that song. You you know. Yep. You fill up my senses and all that. Yep. Well, that didn't last. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't fill up my senses for too many years. Well, but she... also he was doing a lot of coke when he wrote that song. So, you know, I mean. And didn't he die by hitting a tree skiing? Mm-hmm. He had an experimental airplane that he that he crashed. But Sonny Bono is the one who died in a That's right. accident. Oh, uh, I got I'm really good at celebrity deaths. If anybody wants, <laughs> anybody uh, wants to play that game. Hey, I got a game for you. And we'll see uh, which one of you three. Knows Minnesota best. I'm going to ask you some questions. See if you know the answer, okay? What does the word Minnesota mean? Randy, you first. Uh, land of 10,000 lakes. Hobbs? Small water. Close. Pea jug? Winter. Home <laughs> <Burn> construction. Mosquitoes. <laughs> it means cloudy water. Cloudy water. Uh, I knew there was water. It? Cloudy like your pee. Oh, that's that's because of all the leukocytes. Yeah. I thought that was a new. I thought that was a new artist that we were breaking. Leukocytes. Leukocytes. Uh, what is the state fish of Minnesota? Walleye. I would think walleye. Walleye. You are all correct. What is the oldest house in Minnesota? The one I lived in. No. Uh. <laughs> the oldest house. JJ Hill House. Sibley House. That's Sibley the House. answer. Okay. What is Minnesota State bird? The loon. Yep, loon. That is correct. Uh, what is Minnesota's state song? <laughs> School Vikings. No. Roll out the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> state song. State song. M I S S I S S I P P I. I don't know. <laughs> it's called Hail Minnesota. Oh, of course. You hear that, that at the Gopher games, I believe. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the University of Minnesota song. That's, I uh, guess. Minnesota shares how many state borders? Four. That's, four would be the easy answer. There must be five. Five. I'd say five. Nope, it's four. Okay. It is four. Four is the easy answer. All right. Or the correct answer, whatever you want to Yeah. That's why uh, I don't do well in multiple choice tests. <laughs> <laughs> What's the largest lake? In the land of ten thousand. Superior, Lake Superior. Lake Superior. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Which city is the Science Museum located? Saint Paul. Yep, you guys. Can right. I can there, see right? it almost from my house. It's really right across the street from me. So, last question. Okay. What is the richest city in Minnesota? Minneapolis. Mm, no. Minnetonka. Why is that up? Wrong. Uh, it's it's where all the iron ore is. Uh, Ely. No, no. What taconite? Somewhere up in the iron ore place. Delwood. Oh, Delwood. Oh, Delwood. oh yeah. yeah. That's, That's talking about richest people. 
not the richest city. But that's, really people. People. But that's but that's a trick because that's really okay. small. But everybody who lives yeah, there is that's rich. Rich, that's true. Yeah. I had friends who lived in Delwood, their parents, it was like we had to check in with a guy. They were like, I roll up in my crappy car and they're like, Yeah, we don't think you belong here. I'm like, no, seriously, I was invited. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to call the house. Did you know that Hobbs does stand up comedy under an assumed name? An assumed name, yes. Uh, yeah, under like, the name like of given name. Yeah, <laughs> under the name of Tiffany Norton. Yes, and and you like stand up, don't you, Andy? I love it. Matter of fact, we're going. We're going. We're going to have a stand up thing here at our retirement community next week. Well, you want me to come and do some time at your? Uh, want me oh. to come and do a set real quick down in Arizona? I'd love it. We have a room for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice room too. Can I tell you a story that just happened last night? I was talking with my girlfriend, Linda, who is a comedian in town, and she works at Acme Comedy Club. And she did a performance recently for a nursing home during the day. And everybody was, like, having lunch. And then she's doing her jokes. And Linda is the cleanest comic I know. Like, very old school, very dry, very clean. And she did one of her jokes, which I've heard a hundred times and is not offensive at all. And a little old lady in the front row gave her one of these and went tisk, 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 <laughs> and, and, and her, you know rubbed her one finger against her, like at her on stage. Sure. Oh no. She got tisked. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you know the cleanest comic that I ever saw do a long set was he did a two-hour set was Jay Leno. Two hours without a dirty joke. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Comedy here is alive and well. And Hobbs can tell you because she goes to clubs, how many nights a week? Five? It's starting to ramp back up again. But yeah, I mean, it used to be like that pre-pandemic. Now I'm, I'm not doing quite as much as that. But yeah, I got a show tonight, actually. We had Ellen DeGeneres on our show one time and she tried to teach me how to you know, tell jokes and obviously it didn't work. It totally sucked. <laughs> totally. I tried doing stand-up comedy when I lived in Las Vegas and I was just horrible and I had no idea how hard it is. And, you know, how hard people have to work on their set. And I've watched people bomb and I feel their pain because I felt it. So let me tell you a story. When I, when I was in my prime and giving a lot of lectures, I always tried to make those lectures amusing. And I had lots of comics and I told lots of jokes during the lecture. And, and people, uh, gee, I've never gotten so many calls. Just calling again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people uh, would come up to me and say, you should be a stand-up comedian. But I learned something. I, went, I was lecturing across Europe. And I would tell, give the same lecture with all the same comics. And nobody laughed mm-hmm. at anything. They're yep. just, uh, and it, that's not the kind of lecture they're used to. And so I know what, sta- it, what it feels like to be standing up there. And you tell a, a good joke and you wait for an applause line of some sort and nothing, nothing. 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 Yep. Well, maybe, oh. maybe it wasn't an English speaking country. I don't know. <laughs> well, it wasn't, but they spoke English. They all spoke right. English. They, 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 they didn't get any of it, I don't think. They didn't, not, not one. But then I, I did give one in Germany, and I decided it was a bit, bunch of very academic people with a very distinguished professor who didn't know me, but introduced me. With He was old. He, he was in his 80s. He had a shock of gray hair like you can't believe and 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 i and he was sitting in the front row and i was doing doing this lecture and he was laughing himself sick at my jokes really laughing and when it was over i said does anybody have any questions and he raised his hand and said professor shapiro i agree with everything you said but i couldn't say it (laughs) (laughs) that's cute That's very really cute. So, are you still on the speaking tour now? No, you know, COVID sort of killed everything out, and so it's all virtual. And yeah, and you can't; it doesn't work so well with on virtual. But yeah. and yeah. then, as far as being home because of COVID, I think we all got locked up watching stuff like Louder Milk. Uh, right now, uh, we just started two new series. We talk a lot about shows on on Moon P Jug and Hobbs because. So many people are, you know, binging things these days. Uh, the final season of Kaminsky Method came out. We binged that like, you know, like two days at the most. Uh, we started two new ones. Uh, P-Jug just started Outlander. And what's your thoughts on that? Um, I'm not sure. I have to give it another time. It was kind of slow, I thought. Yeah. I hung in yeah. for about three or four episodes, and I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you watching, Randy? You and Home- Kathy. We're watching Homeland now. Okay, we haven't watched that yet. Oh, it's got about nine seasons, but it's 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 remarkable. Okay, good to know. I started a new one called Vikings. I have been betting uh, a guy 
in Detroit. They're not going to beat. They're not going to beat anybody. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not that Vikings. Uh, but there's That's a, guy, a good one, Randy. <laughs> there's a guy I uh, met down in Destin, Florida, and he and I started betting on college football, which is my jam, right? And he, I beat him every week, and then we got into the NFL, and I kept winning money from this guy. He didn't want to pay. So then we started, uh, you know, betting on his thing, which was college basketball. And uh, then he started getting some of his money back. Well, now we've been betting on golf, right? Uh, and so we bet on golf now. Now we're even betting on Netflix specials. So what he's doing is he said, you watch Vikings. If you watch Vikings and you don't like it, I'll bet you $20 that you do. I watched the very first episode. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I should just call him and tell him I hate it and take the 20 and keep watching. Right? <laughs> but I did start watching it. It is really well done. Yeah. It was done by, uh, what is that, History Channel? You've mm -hmm. seen it, Hobbs, right? Yeah, I've seen the first couple of seasons. Of, I watch way too much TV. So what do you watch? Because, you know, do you like funny since you do stand up or do you like more drama or what are you into? I'm all over the place. Like I'm really excited because new American horror story is about to drop in like a okay. week, which is great. Um, but the one thing that I know that you, I think everybody will enjoy and it's a new one. It's on Netflix. It's called Lily hammer. Oh. And basically I'm not blowing it. This is just the setup episode one, but basically it's a fish out of water story. There's a mob guy. The mob boss dies. The new guy is going to be the boss. This guy doesn't like him. And he tells him at the funeral, like, I don't like you. You're not a boss. So there's an impending hit. He testifies against the new boss in court um, and has to go into witness protection. And so this Italian gangster has decided that where he wants to retire and relocate is Lilyhammer because he was so affected by the beauty of the 94 Olympics in Norway. And he thought uh -huh. it was just beautiful. And so it's just totally this fish out of water. Here's just like this Italian Goomba in like <laughs> this Norwegian town. And he has to learn how to like assimilate and everything. Like there's a wolf that's like terrorizing the town. So he just wants to go out with his handgun and kill the wolf. But they, you know, they don't do it that way there. So yeah, it's cute, but it's a really funny com. It's a cute comedy. Yeah, there's a show called Hacks about yeah. comedy. Oh man, uh -huh. you guys got to watch that. That's really fun. It's, it's short. I think it's only maybe eight episodes or something yep. like that. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. And they're short. They're short episodes. Only like half an hour. You can you can breeze that. But it's Jean Smart. If you remember her from Designing Women, she's a washed up Las Vegas comedian, and then she gets a, a younger person to come and help her write, and they just butt heads, and it's funny. And we just found out that Ozark season four, which was supposed to come out in July, is not coming out in July. So we're going to have to wait for that. But I mean, it is good. I mean, Yellowstone's coming back in the fall. The, in the fall. In the fall. We just finished Bosch the last season. That was fantastic, as it always was. Oh. Yes, very good. Somebody said Bosch is Batman without a cape. He's that big of a stud. Yeah, well, somebody in our area, there's a lot of ex-cops that live around here. And ah. they said that that's the most realistic cop show that they've seen. Oh, uh, oh, really? I haven't tried that. I might try that. Sweet Tooth, have you heard about that? No. Yeah, Sweet um, Tooth, tell them about that one. Did you see it, Tiffany? I haven't seen it. I've heard about it uh, in like my, my nerd chats. And I'm afraid to watch it because I've been a little... There's a doctor in the office or in the room, so I feel like it's okay for me to say this. I've been very PMSy, and I heard that this show has all the feels. And I'm like, I don't know if I want more feels right now. Um, but I heard it's really sweet, and yeah, it is. Yeah, it's sweet. I don't know. We both didn't really get into it that much. It's a, I would say it's a cross between Stranger Things and Harry Potter. Basically, there's a disorder, and then babies are b being born as half animals, and they don't really know what's going on. Somebody so, was smoking something when they wrote that one well, or well, whatever. When I was a kid, we had a show called Manimal. It's not that new. Hmm. I, I guess I do remember Manimal. Of course you remember Manimal. Well, who doesn't? He was I, don't, I, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember. Never heard you of it. You were probably saving lives, Randy. I, was I remember Howdy Doody. I mean, <laughs> I remember Howdy Doody. Oh, you, yeah. Howdy Doody was long dead before you were born. No, but we had repeats. <laughs> I'm a child of the 70s. Everything, everything still lives like... Well, they I mean, all still do on TV land. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what are you going to do uh, for the rest of the summer? Do you have any plans? Uh, let's all kind of review. Uh, we'll start with Randy. 
Well, we're going to be in Colorado for a couple of weeks and, and uh, vacation there like we always do. And otherwise, we're just footloose and fancy free, trying to stay healthy. Nice. You like to hang around near Vail by Eagle, right? Right. We lived there for mm -hmm. nine years, as you know. And, and so mm -hmm. it's and so beautiful. I remember mm -hmm. Randy's face when I come pulling up in a Hummer. <laughs> I had this huge Humvee. I, I don't know why. Is this, I it was this at the Parrot House? Like, what, what, how? No, this how is in Colorado. Was this midlife crisis. Like, <laughs> this was at Randy's house in Colorado. I wasn't on that trip. Yeah. I remember you taking that though. Yeah, it was kind of so crazy. You went it, like, you just went to the Hertz guy, and you're like, "Give me a Hummer. I'm going to impress my buddy Randy." I did. <laughs> I want the extra miles. Those extra perk miles. Put me on that. Put that VIP membership on this thing. Hobbs, you got any plans for the rest of the summer? Yeah, um, going to the Wisconsin Dells. Really? With with your new boyfriend who looks just like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh. It's an overnighter. Are you guys sleeping together? We are very close oh, friends. Never mind, Jim. <laughs> yes. Tell him to yes. yes. Although we're seeing it. I, I don't know what happened. Because everything, I don't know, Randy, if it's like this where you are or like Colorado, but everything around here is booked. And especially it was like last year with this year because of COVID, everybody wants camp, do all that stuff. I don't know how I got it, but I got a cabin at the KOA right outside of Wisconsin Dells. Okay. And it was open the last weekend of July and it sleeps four. So I don't know, but it'll be fun. I'm going to go see Tommy Bartlett's water show. It's <laughs> fun. If you want a place that's not entirely booked, you come to Arizona in the middle of the summer. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can get into the best resorts easily, and they're yeah. actually cheap. Yeah. That's probably that's probably a smart idea to do it that way. If there's a place you're dying to see, it, it is. If you don't want to go outside, if you don't want to go outside at all, you know, <laughs> sure, you can go yeah. up the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Jug and I are just uh, having fire pits in my driveway. That's all about all we do. Just kind of stay close to the house. We have everybody over here. Uh, it's been pretty warm today, much cooler, but uh, not as not as warm as it is in Phoenix. And, you know, we kept you probably about 35 minutes longer uh, than you wanted to be kept. I thought I heard your wife yelling, are you done yet? In the other room. <laughs> no, she actually just walked in. She's been out playing Mahjong. I wonder oh. if she won today. I don't know. Does I she know. gamble on Marjong? Can you bet? <laughs> can you bet on Marjong? Yes, you can bet on Marjong. In, in, in Vegas, probably. Yeah. Well, it's Ooh, been fun. our pleasure. Uh, Dr. Randy Shapiro, wonderful physician, a hell of a human being, a great family man, and a damn dear friend. Thank you very much for being our well, guest. Right back at you, Moon. It's been fun. And good to see you, P-Jug. <laughs> and nice to meet you. Hobbs, it's been really fun. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.